Fred Film Radio. Interview. You're listening to Fred Film Radio, Benedicte Pro, covering for you the 20th edition of the Marrakesh Film Festival. And today I have the pleasure of talking to one of the members of the jury, Joanna Hogg. Hello. Hello. You've shown a little bit in Souvenir 1 and 2 how you operate as a filmmaker. But what kind of a, what kind of a viewer are you? Because here you're asked to be a viewer. Yeah, and, and it's interesting. It's an interesting confrontation um, with, with who you are as a viewer because normally we just consume films and we don't think about it. So I, what I'm really uh, appreciating about being in this very privileged situation is not knowing anything about the films at all, not reading reviews. Uh, some of them have shown in festivals already, so I could easily Google them and find out information. But it's so nice to go in not knowing anything, not even knowing where the film is from. I mean, we were given a list of the films we're going to see, and I, I haven't refreshed, you know, I haven't looked again at that list. And so you go in, and then I want to be as receptive and open as possible. Tilda Swinton has mentioned that uh, she sees the people she works with as a family and says it's very important for her to, to work that way. Is it the way you see it too? Yeah, well, it's incredibly important for me too. And I consider I have a family, a new family for the last uh, 16 years of collaborators I worked with from my first feature film onwards, uh, which was from 2006. I don't know how long ago is that. Anyway, it's, it's quite a long time. And, and those collaborators, for example, my production designer, Stéphane Collange, my editor, Hella Lefebvre, they're all from different countries, actually. Stéphane's French, Hella's Danish. Um, I love working with people from different parts of the world um and they uh i mean i'm there just an example and and well of course tilda's another example of of people that i that i work with frequently and the more often we work on films together the deeper we can go into the into the work that we're doing it it, it allows you know you become very unselfconscious in a way and and they're friends and you know you you know you can you can go into into the work in, in a in a way you're not try, you're not sort of getting to know somebody that takes up a lot of energy you already know them and we've already made a certain number of films together and then hopefully we can keep pushing ourselves pushing each other it's lovely what you're saying because it really brings us back to um, to the converse, to the conversation of today which was Tilda's and uh, and she she was talking a lot or your ears must have been whistling I don't know she said this in English a lot yeah, because uh, learning uh, or, yeah, yeah. yeah and she was saying that uh, you were always uh, already having a filmmaker's conversation at uh, 10 at the end of 10 yeah yeah well it's true it's true we, we met each other at school and uh, we were talking about our mothers and our families and I, I think it was already uh, yeah in In, in the air that we were going to create work together. And was it clear that you wanted to be behind the camera since that time? Uh, since, I would say, probably from the age of 16, yeah. I, I wanted to be behind the camera, but actually behind a still camera, because mm -hmm. cinema came to me when I was about 19. Martin Scorsese is a patron of the Atlas Workshops this year and is also a friend of yours. Um, do you sometimes discuss your project with him? I, I always like to, uh, when it's possible, he's very busy making his own films, obviously, so I can't expect to be talking to him all the time, but I find it very exciting to uh, uh, tell him the, the questions I have about the next project, and, and uh, he, yeah, he's very good at uh, tuning in to what I'm trying to do, and sometimes I'm, I'm not able to articulate yet what the new project is, and, um, but he'll give me something to read, 
uh, that can be very inspiring. I mean, for example, with The Eternal Daughter, he gave me some short ghost stories mm -hmm. to read uh, when he knew that I was making a, 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 a gothic story. And uh, one of those stories in particular had a, had a, had a very powerful effect over, over, over the film. The Eternal Daughter is a ghost story, but it's also not a ghost story. Um, how did you manage to avoid the genre cliches and keep surprising us in that film? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I wanted to use some of the cliches, actually. I, I mean, I was really interested in the tropes of, uh, of the, the gothic uh, and not horror, because I never saw it as a horror film. But I, I, I really enjoyed dipping, you know, going into a genre or, or, or taking a, a sort of using it as a container, as a, as a shape for the film but then you know not self-consciously at all but then inevitably because it's about uh, a relationship based on my my own mother the you know relationship I had with her it's going to go in very personal territory and that was what was so inspiring about the story that Martin Scorsese gave me that I mentioned earlier um, which was uh, a story called They by Rudyard Kipling and and that story uh, uh, it's a short story And I, I'd never been moved by a ghost story before. It's, it's a very, it's a, it's a story about grief, but it's also, a, you know, it's also about ghosts. And, and that uh, was a revelation to me that you could, you could, you could go in, you, you could have something with emotional depth, but it could be spooky as well. I believe you mentioned that the film is also based on a style of show that was on British television back in the day. Gothic horror uh, was quite popular. Why did you choose that format, so to speak, which is the genre, to tell a rather personal story about your mother? Well, I didn't, funnily, funnily enough. Well, well, no, it's just people, many people have said after seeing the film, oh, this reminds me of, of some of the BBC films that were made. There's one with Michael Horton. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, called Whistle and, Whistle and I'll Come to You, um, for, based on an M.R. James story. And uh, I, I hadn't actually seen any of these uh, television stories, ghost stories, um, and I've not, but I now have watched a couple of them. And I maybe would have been great to have watched them before I made the film, but I, I think it's more interesting this way around. I try not to watch too much, actually, because it, you know, you're, you're, you're so porous as a filmmaker. I don't want to be influenced too much, which is why I prefer to read than watch, in fact. But yeah, interesting you mentioned that, but it's just that yeah, people have said that a, a number of times. Well, you did write a book about Chantal Ackerman. Yes. Well, that was a cinema holiday, in a way, doing uh, the retrospective of her films, because it was between a film I made called Exhibition and before I made The Souvenirs. So it was sort of from 2014 to 2016 or something. So it was, I, I saw that as a, as a different work in a way because it wasn't relating to my own work and, mm -hmm. and exploring, getting, understanding someone else's cinema mm -hmm. and doing it in such a slow way. I was doing this with a collective uh, called Anna Zamor and Adam Roberts was another filmmaker I was working with on this project and we decided to do a retrospective of her films over two years so show one of her films a month because she's got an incredibly large body of work uh, and uh, so we started the retrospective at the ICA they kindly gave us their space their cinema to show the films and then she you know then we 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 encouraged her to come over and then she was really uh, surprised and flattered, I think, that we were getting such a great audience for her work. 
um, who had who didn't a lot of uh, a lot of the people coming to her films didn't know didn't know her cinema before. So it was it was very satisfying to present the work, and then she gradually got more and more involved. You also mentioned Ozu as an inspiration on the Eternal Daughter. Well, Ozu was very much in my mind when I was making the Eternal Daughter. Of course, particularly Tokyo Story,、mm-hmm. not just Tokyo Story, but uh, uh, his cinema is very touching to me. I mean,、uh, for me, Tokyo Story is one of the most moving films I've I've I've、uh, I've, I've ever seen. It, it it brings me to tears every time. Um, and it's、uh, that the sa- that sadness and that difficulty of connecting within a family,、uh, which I also have experienced to a certain extent in my own life, and that restraint you talk about. I mean, I I, I feel I I I I, I understand I understand that. I mean, I, I I see that restraint in my own life, or or have done in my family. So I, I th- in so many ways I connect. With Japanese cinema and、uh, and well, cinema from Asia. I mean, I'm really interested in、um, Hong Hong Sang Soo, for example, from South Korea. You know, he's always talking about、uh, a filmmaker in his films.、Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, but yes, I would say Ozu. I have a. Particular affection for、mm-hmm. the Eternal Daughter was first unveiled on the festival circuit quite a while ago now, but it's only getting a release now. Do you feel like now you can finally leave it behind you? Yeah. Well, I think in a way I've already left it behind because I haven't watched it since I finished making it,、okay. um, and it becomes a challenge to talk about because、yeah. I have to I have to really try and remember the process and then the film itself I saw the last time in the final sound mix. So it's、uh, I I try not I try to get involved with the new work. You know, as you say, I was doing that work for the Pompidou,、uh, the beginning of the year. You know, I tried to not. Look, be looking back too much, but of course, in this situation, I'm, you know, I, 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 I need to. But it, but it becomes, you know, obviously, the further away it is in time, the, ha- the harder it is.、Mm. But I'm, but I'm glad, however, that the UK release has happened at this time of year because it's so nice to, ha- it, you know, it's very much a winter film or an、mm-hmm. autumn film, and and、it's、so it, it wouldn't have been great if they'd released it in the summer. But,、um, yeah. Speaking of delayed release of films.、Uh, Also, I'm asking this because this is a competition for first and second and features fil- feature films. Your own first feature films、yeah. were not released until later, and、yes. so for 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 the public, also it's it's amusing to discover you in reverse, I suppose. And I mean, how how do you feel about the fact that this part of your work, the very beginnings, only came out later? Yeah. Well, I I I I mean, I can only be pleased about that that the work is discovered later. What I find difficult personally is looking back at my work because, as I say,、uh, as I've said, I don't watch the films again after I've made them. So my first film, Unrelated, I haven't seen now for many years. So it's quite challenging in this situation to to, to conjure back the 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 film.、Um, but what actually what's Interesting is I never forget the process. Actually, I can I can take myself back into that time when we were shooting the film and some of the decisions we were making and what I felt. But it's harder to to remember the film itself.、Mm-hmm. And sometimes I I misremember、mm-hmm. something of the films and I and I think oh yes there's that scene there and then I gather that it's that that what that isn't there、mm-hmm. and because the, because of the process I'm I'm taking in all the different iterations of the film before the finished film.、Mm-hmm. That makes any sense? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. You have quite an eclectic taste. You mentioned art, literature. In your lifetime, would you like to pursue another art form? Is it something you have considered? 
I have, I have. And actually, I'm always uh, wanting to have time to uh, draw. I particularly like drawing. And, uh, and I do do it every now and again between films. But I, I would like to have more, yeah, more, more, more time to draw. And actually, when I write, I, I write. I resist until the last possible moment writing on the computer. And I consider the writing in my notebook almost like drawing in a way. So I like, I like putting pencil on paper. There's something very exciting about that. And as a Jewish here in Marrakesh, how do you like discovering burgeoning talents? I mean, burgeoning cinematographies, maybe with its their rawness, which I actually really like when it's not too polished. What do you think about about that discovering the young filmmakers still burgeoning? Uh, well, uh, yeah. I mean, I think all filmmakers should be burgeoning in a way. I mean, I, I certainly feel myself. You know, I'm still developing, um, and it's very exciting to s discover new work. And it's particularly exciting to discover work from from Morocco, you know, from Africa, from the Arab world. Um, uh, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always learning and, and being on a jury. It's, you know, your eyes are open and uh, I feel very receptive to the films. And how, uh, how heated are the debates in between the jury? I mean, I, you mentioned it's a family-like atmosphere, but still, I mean, how, how uh, nice is it to discuss that together? Well, we haven't had many discussions yet, actually, because we've only, uh, we're, we're quite near the beginning. So, also yeah. true. Thank you so much, Joanna. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Fred, 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 24-7 on Fred FM and smartphone app.